Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Addiction, it has many names: alcohol, drugs, gambling. If you or a loved one is being affected by addiction, give us a call. The Hi FM helpline is here to help you. 0800-242436. The Hi FM helpline, caring, compassionate, confidential. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's uh, 12 minutes past 12, and welcome to 2021. This is the first show of the year. Um, it has been a dramatic 2020. I think if I had sat here a year ago and told you what we were going to go through, everybody would have um, got together and collected a bit of money and maybe got me certified and put me away. But uh, we could not have imagined what had happened. But you know, in my opinion, the way things have turned out, the way things have been handled, and the way people have adapted has been. Nothing short of absolutely phenomenal. You know, if you look at it as what could have happened and what has happened, how people have adjusted, how people have learned to become resilient, how they've become adaptive to different environments, it's quite incredible. Take this show for example. Um, you know, one of my ongoing pressures was to be in studio before a show every time it happened, to be there on time, to welcome guests. So let's jump straight into it. On the line with me is Davi Root, Chief Economist at the Efficient Group. Davi, welcome to 2021. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I have to be very careful in saying thank you because I think you said the same sort of thing when we spoke a year ago. And 2020 was quite a disaster, I think. But anyway, thank you so much, and I hope 2021 is going to be an excellent year for you and your family. Dominic, can you hear me? Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Okay, well, we seem to be having a bit of a problem with Avi,、uh, so I suggested is that I will simply talk for the next ten minutes about the the South African economy, what happened last year, and what is likely to happen in this year, 2021.、Uh, it's always a huge privilege for me to speak to Avi.、Uh, it's usually some really he's got a couple of interesting questions and angles on the economy that I never thought about. So what I've told、um, the present、uh, the, the 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 important people pressing all the buttons is that I will just talk about the economy for the next ten minutes or so, and I hope by then Avi will be back with us with a better connection. So yes, what happened the past year, 2020? Everybody, nobody saw this coming. 2020 was a real, real disaster. In fact,、uh, the South African economy was in deep trouble before we even heard of a place called Wuhan. Uh, we were in a recession, a prolonged recession already. The economy was contracting already five years already before 2020. On a per capita basis, we were getting poorer in South Africa, so we were in very, very deep trouble already. And then we had this horrible thing called COVID-19, the lockdown, and everything that goes with that. And I'm afraid that from a bad situation, things got really, really much, much worse. In fact, the South African economy, the, the, the recession continued. 
And this is not a recession anymore. There are all sort of definitions that economists use, economists use for a recession. This is not a recession. It is, in fact, a very deep depression. Now, I can give you all sort of numbers for last year, uh, the continuation of a very weak economic performance, a huge slump in all economic activities that happened during 2020. We're waiting for the final numbers. It's probably going to be a contraction between 8 and 10%. We have lost something like 2 million jobs, more than 2 million jobs. The past six weeks or so, I've spent going on holidays, stopping at small little towns, you know, Karoo as an example, talking to people, owners of restaurants, half of restaurants in many uh, towns actually closed down. This is an economic disaster. Now, it's not only the private sector that's uh, really taking a huge knock here in terms of economic activity and people losing their jobs, uh, but it's the state itself. Well, all jobs have been lost in the private sector, the state uh, there are no jobs are lost in, in, the, in, the, in the public sector. But state revenue tax collections are under tremendous pressure. And the current financial year, which will end the end of March this year, state revenue um, will probably be significantly lower than originally budgeted estimates. We're talking about hundreds of billions of rands. And in total amount, the state should be borrowing in a region of about 800 billion rand in only one financial year. That is equal to approximately 17% of the economy, 17% of GDP. And in the process, state debt levels are going up to totally unsustainable levels. And I'm not even including things like, for example, Eskom and South African Airways and the Land Bank and you name it. All these state-owned enterprises, or just about all of them, have been run into the ground financially and operationally. So the state finances is in very, very deep crisis. Uh, and uh, it's, it's your money and my money. Uh, that the, the politicians have been borrowing on our, you owe this debt. There's more than four trillion rands worth of debt that the politicians incurred on our behalf and on the taxpayers' behalf. So that's where we find ourselves. And this is the beginning of 2021. So what's going to happen now? Well, a few things. Let's have a, maybe have a look at the fiscal accounts and the Minister of Finance, Minister Titi Mbuweni will be looking at the budget next, next month. Uh, he will present his, his annual budget, which is going to be a disaster. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, and a couple of things are obvious here. The most important thing is that they must spend less money. We run out of money. Simple as that. They must spend less money. Unfortunately, politically, that's going to be extremely difficult because the other partners in a tripartite alliance are organizations like USATU and the South African Communist Party. And they don't like it if you spend less money on their members. So I think the issue in South Africa is perhaps not that much economical, it's more political. And until we found some sort of solution, especially as far as things, uh, things like, for example, the leadership issues in the ANC, we know that. Things like, for example, ideological confusion within the tripartite alliance, uh, the roles of the various members in the tripartite alliance, like USATU and ANC, and so on, uh, that needs to be sorted out. And before we can even start fixing the um, economic problems in South Africa. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Communist Party in Kusatu, they are use the, the terminology of communist socialist kind of terminology to talk about exploitation and expropriation and equal rights and job creation and all that sort of nonsense. Those are typical terminologies that's used by, let's call it left-wing organizations. Um, but that's not really what they are. The ANC today is really ideologically a little bit 
confused. And if you want to pigeonhole the ANC somewhere, I think it's wrong to give some sort of ideological badge to the tripartite alliance. You can simply, what you can do, just call them an organization that lives off the state. That's what the ANC has become. This is what our government has become. They use, they misuse the monology to sell a certain ideology or, or to sell a certain action. We want to expropriate because of blah, blah, blah. But the only reason is because they want more power. Uh, and that's what we have. We have a government that simply loves, lives off the state. It is a corrupt government and it's a highly inefficient government. And we run out of run runway now. The fiscal accounts have become totally, completely unsustainable. Uh, the Minister of Finance, which I think is not a bad guy, by the way, he must spend less. But they've pulled his teeth. I think Tito Mouwen is either going to jump or is going to get pushed. And we ha we're, in this, we're basically in a fiscal debt trap today because of mismanagement in the past, mostly. And by the way, I think the worst Minister of Finance we've ever had in South Africa is a guy called Pravin Gora uh, with his pet projects, like, for example, South African Airways. That's a pet project of Pravin Gordon. Why are they can keep on spending billions of rands on that thing while people are literally going to bed hungry at night beats me. So there we have it. We've got some leadership issues, ideological issues, relationships issues, all sorts of things. And uh, now we have an economy that is imploding, the fiscal accounts in the fiscal debt trap, and I'm afraid there's very little we can do to get out of this fiscal debt trap. The only things that are that we can do is for the state to spend less, and that's politically extremely difficult to do. Which means that it's that I believe that the Minister of Finance is going to announce some sort of tax increase, a number of tax increases actually. So get ready for that. Some tax increases can be expected. Which one of the major taxes is going to be increased? I'm not 100% sure, but I've got a suspicion personal income taxes, maybe some sort of temporary surcharge on personal income taxes. And I believe me, there's nothing as permanent as a temporary tax. So some temporary tax increase in personal income taxes can be expected. Then there's even a possibility of a value tax increase, value added tax increase. But politically, that's also very difficult to do. So we are in a mess on the fiscal account. And remember, they keep on borrowing huge amounts of money. Now, you may ask me, why is the rand getting so much stronger in this horrible situation with the fiscal accounts where they are? And the reason for that is because very weak demand in the South African economy resulted in us importing less, and that resulted in a, in a current account surplus. Can you believe this? So we've got some money coming in on a net basis. Everything is down and much lower, but the net inflow is positive at the moment, and we do have very efficient and very liquid financial markets, uh, and very attractive yields, by the way. And so foreigners, especially speculators, are saying, listen, there's a nice opportunity here to come and take a quick bite out of the apple. And that's what's happening. So we've got a surplus in the current account at the moment and some positive capital flows pushing the rand stronger. But take my word for this. The moment that the fiscal deficit remains large, that means huge demand from the state uh, for capital, for borrowing, and the current account turns negative, and there's some sort of event where we see some capital flow out of the country, RAND is suddenly going to take a huge knock. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to see a very volatile country, even more so than usually, pretty much the same as last year. I won't be surprised if we see the RAND going to totally ridiculous levels, like 20 RAND to the dollar or even worse. So that sort of things can be expected. And expect the RAND to be at least very volatile and maybe going to quite weak levels during this year. And to come back again, who knows? Very well, a lot of volatility. Um, so that's on the fiscal accounts and that's some of the macroeconomic numbers. 
Uh, maybe I can just make one or two comments about economic growth. Last year, economic growth probably minus 8, minus 10% or so, giving us from a statistical base a very low base. And that will then result purely because of the statistical noise in some economic growth, probably 2, maybe 3% or so, but still very, very low. It's going to take us a long time to get out of this hole. The Reserve Bank, there is a possibility of a further rate cut. Uh, I don't think they should. Lesetia Kanyaku is doing a good job. I don't think they should cut rates again. I don't uh, hope they're not going to do that. But what I'm concerned about the Reserve Bank is that they've started borrowing a lot of money in the fiscal accounts. Last year, the Reserve Bank, uh, they uh, started buying government bonds in the capital market. Other countries call it quantitative easing. We call it something else. We want to provide liquidity, to use the Reserve Bank's words. And I'm afraid that the Reserve Bank lost its innocence last year. They did it last year. And what's going to prevent them from doing it again? What I'm trying to say, in a crisis situation, I won't be surprised if the Reserve Bank again start buying government bonds, which is not a good thing. They have to be very careful. But for now, let's check on you doing a good job. And let's hope that he stays in charge. And let's hope he doesn't get lured into buying some government debt again. So economic growth to 3%. Uh, don't think we're going to create much jobs this year. Uh, I don't think we're going to see thereafter much growth in 2022, for instance. We still have a major issue in the state-owned enterprises. We don't have enough electricity and the like. So my advice to my clients is to make sure that a substantial portion of your assets are invested abroad. Um, there are some opportunities in South Africa but you really have to be quick, take like I've said, take a bite out of the apple when you get the opportunity, but make sure you are properly diversified. Now, that's it. I've taken over your show, Avi, completely. <laughs> um, that, but I see in the meantime, you, you've come back. So, <laughs> so Darby, it was, I almost felt like I was a guest on my own show, but thank you so much for your professionalism and uh, just sort of covering all the bases. You touched on the end, at the end there on one thing that I wanted to ask you. It's all good and well for people to live in South Africa, hear all this negativity, hear the confusion that's going on. Ultimately, that's where their home is, that's where the money is invested, and that's where the future is. So you did touch on the fact that we should have a sizable portion in offshore um, investments in order to hedge against the rand. But what do you think will happen with the interest rates? For those who pe first people who are sitting in fixed interest, which is very low at the moment, um, but at least they're getting a stable income. 2018, it was one of the best performing um, uh, unit trusts around with the money markets. Where do you think people should go who are looking for low risk, low volatility, trying yeah. to keep ahead, ahead of, uh, keep ahead of inflation? Yeah, Obi, there are a couple of things that, that you just touched on. The one is that, yeah, I mean, if you stay in a country, that's where your money should be. You're absolutely right on that. But you know, the world has changed quite a lot. And today the world is really so much integrated that it's, um, uh, I mean, I, I don't know where you are even, Avi, but uh, I'm, I'm, we're not even close to one another. And this is an, this is an, an example of, of, of technology, how technology is changing. So I don't think that, that the, you should, in fact, have your money in the same country in which you are living in because of the, how technology has changed a lot. Additionally, you know, if you look at South Africa and opportunities to invest in South Africa, yes, there are some opportunities. I'll touch on that just now. But the reality is there are multiples uh, more opportunities in the rest of the world. I mean, uh, I mean, if you look at big companies in South Africa, there are 
what, four or five big companies on the JSE that you can really invest in? In the United States, there are thousands to invest in and many other countries. So there are just more opportunities internationally. But you're absolutely right uh, that in South Africa, uh, I mean, interest rates locally in South Africa is relatively high. The South African financial markets are very liquid, very well regulated, and attractive yields. Our bond market is really, really attractive. That's part of the reason for the recent strength of the currency. Um, so, yes, there are certainly investment opportunities in South Africa. And, yeah, to certainly take make sure a portion of your assets are invested in that. So what I my advice to people is to follow a kind of a bucket approach. So what I would typically do is put the, your big bucket outside of the country, Put that typically in more risky things like equities, for instance. You can't put internationally money in interest-bearing stuff because internationally interest rates are so low. But put your, your first bucket, international bucket, in equities. Uh, and don't take, don't be too, too careful when it comes to risk. Take some risk. There's nothing wrong with risk. So but just make sure that you don't do stupid things. There's a difference be- between doing stupid things and taking risk. Uh, so take risk, especially with your big bucket. Your second bucket is typically invested locally, say in local equities, for instance. And your third bucket is invested in interest-bearing stuff, like money market or an in- some sort of uh, income fund, or and live off that. Uh, that's your third bucket. And as your third bucket starts getting a little bit empty, then take some money from your second bucket into your interest-bearing bucket. And then when that gets empty, eventually you start taking from the big bucket internationally into your local bucket. So that's how I approach it. But you're right, the interest rates locally are quite attractive and it's likely to remain like that for some time. But there are reasons why interest rates are high. And the obvious reason is simply because of uh, the fact that it is risky to invest in South Africa. Absolutely. Darby, once again, thank you so much. I really didn't want my first show to be like this of the year, all choppy and changey. But thank God you were on the show and you sort of just picked up the baton and kept on running. But um, I'm going to check with we're back in with you in about six weeks' time, once the year started, once schools have or haven't gone back, and once we see where we're going, because I think what's important now to the average South African is to be able to cut through all the noise, to be able to take all the emotion and put it aside, and bottom line say, I'm either 30 or I'm 50 or I'm 80, this is the amount of money I have, and what advice do I need? It's all good and well to get emotional and get angry, but that doesn't help your investment. So I'll check back with you in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I hope you're looking so relaxed in in a couple of weeks' time with the T-shirt on, but uh, everything of the best to you and your wife and your children, and um, keep healthy, and we'll catch up with you shortly. Thank you very much. I'll be always wonderful talking to you. All the best to you and your family as well. And thank you very much for the important people pressing the buttons at the backside as well. Great. Good. I agree. Thanks, guys, for pushing the buttons. And anybody, if you haven't read Darby's book, please go and buy it. It's written the way he speaks. There's no nonsense. It's straight to the point. And in fact, I'm going to speak to Darby a little bit later on today. Maybe we can get some copies to give away because it really puts things in perspective. It's one of the books that I keep on my shelf all the time. Darby, Craig, DJ, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next week. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.